for centuries. We've been warned about little green men. Now, they are coming. They're coming for you. Run. But first, shut your windows. Hide your apples. Prepare for... Attack of the Android Special Report. It's May 19th, 2012. My name is Matt Lee. Joining me, Eric Finkenbeiner. What's up, my man? Hey, Matt. Back. What's going on, buddy? We're back to talk about Oracle versus Google. This is part two. If you guys want, attackingtheandroids.com. We did a special report, uh, what was it, like a couple weeks ago? Uh, yeah, like two or three weeks ago. Yeah, so you guys can check that out. Uh, there's been some developments, if you will, since then. And so we just thought now would be a good time to get everyone back up to speed as to where we all stand. Have we thrown Java away? Or are we having to give our phones back? Yeah, I kind of I kind of want to. I want to throw Java away. I don't want to give my phone back, though. Right. I right. like my phone. We recorded on April 25th was the last one. So it's been almost exactly a month, almost. So start right. from the top. Do you want me to, So I'll give a quick just recap it. for folks. Just take it. I'll be back in an hour. <laughs> All right. Uh, bye, Matt. So uh, basically, the last time we talked, we were, I think uh, we were nearing the end of all of this copyright phase stuff. This has just been like a big, this has been sort of like a big show. Right? I don't know. Doesn't this seem, it seems like very... Vain? For, yeah, a, vain is probably a, a good way to describe suit? it. Yeah. It's a vanity suit. Well, I think that Oracle, I don't, I don't know, maybe they just had... Oracle was I like, think they, hey, remember us? We built kind of, we bought the company that built the technology that Android, everybody's favorite, or everybody's other favorite mobile operating system. Remember us? Like you, you were, you're like, you're like that kid on that king, on that uh, show. And you weren't a real king. You just bought yourself into it. And that's cheating. I have no idea what show you're talking. What show is this? That show that I just started watching. What the hell is it called? Oh, Game of Thrones. That one. Game of Thrones. Six okay. six eps into the first season. Not that <laughs> I wonder if you could just make a direct comparison between Game of Thrones and this trial. In essence, right? They're all there. They're all fighting for what? Dragons? Exactly. I don't know. In essence. I'll tell you what. So at the end of all of this copyright stuff, what happened was that the ju- like the jury came back and said, in regards to whether you know you can copyright APIs and uh, what they call SSO, which is like um, uh, what is what is that SSO like organization and um, sort of how things are laid out. Uh, the words are escaping me right now, so I'm just going to move past it. Sure. But because the judge hasn't ruled on that yet, he told them to just assume that that is you know that you can copyright those things. So when the jury came back and said, yes, Google infringed on it, you know, it's sort of a no-brainer, single, and it really doesn't mean anything. Is it single sign-on? No. Single, yes. They infringed on single sign-on. Thank you, Matt. <laughs> Anytime. <laughs> it's, That's what I'm here for. Oh, it's but, late. So basically, so they ruled on that, and they ruled that Google infringed on the nine lines of range check code, mm-hmm. but what they didn't – what they – what they didn't rule on was they said that 
Um, oh, hey. That Google's actions like were based – like that Oracle made it – basically made it seem like Google would not be doing anything illegal um, by – you know, using all of this stuff, right? Uh, I believe is what they what they did rule on, and then they said, "Hey, we can't decide, we can't you know agree as to whether it was all done and under fair use or not." So it became a partial verdict. SSO is sequence structure and organization. Thank you. I did not have enough bits to Google that. Hey, so. I got, I'm on it. That's I right. That's why I keep spare. you around, Matt. Here, For here, single sign on and Googling. Here in in the land of liberty, we got bits to spare. <laughs> God bless America. Oh God. <laughs> All right, man. So, so now we've we've moved into the uh, patent phase, um, and during during the patent phase, uh, you know, surprisingly enough, uh, the judge ruled on something additional for the copyright phase, which was already over, um, in which he uh, Oracle basically said, "Hey, one of our one of our testimonies stated that it had like proof that." Um, Google or one of these companies that Google uh, contracted out to decompiled and copied eight Java files for testing. Mm. And since since Google never really rebutted that or said, no, we didn't, <laughs> Oracle was saying, uh, that should go into evidence. Guilty by so, silence. What's that? Guilty by silence. I, I don't know, I guess. I don't know what the legal, you know, I don't know what the law is behind that, but basically the judge said, "Okay, fine. I guess you're right. They didn't. They didn't say they didn't. So, um, so in reality, Google is currently being found as infringing on nine lines of code, which are not currently in Android, uh, and eight Java test files, which were just used for testing. They were never included in the Android that was shipped. Um, so that being said, uh, there's not." You know, Oracle basically found themselves in a position where even the judge was telling them, you don't have a leg to stand on when it comes to, you know, trying to milk them for even a million dollars. Um, so that's that's sort of where we uh, – I think that's that's sort of where we left off with the copyright stuff. And I, I – it seems if it was about money that they would have just been like, here, here's some money. Like, I don't think it's about that. I don't I, – does anybody really know what it's – about like really besides well just i think it i think it is the... about money or it was initially really but what happened yeah yeah because they wanted google even offered to settle for quite a large sum of money I'm, well but and that's what i'm you. saying and they didn't take it like that's why i don't think it was about the money like they could have had whatever i mean well they what they wanted the holy grail i think is they wanted you know these deals like Microsoft has, right. where they every phone that is off. shipped, yeah, they get a cut of. So, you know, it's that don't that's, innovate, litigate. That's the American dream. I think. I'm going to make money off of each thing you make money on. Yeah, and I'm going to do and, that a bunch and of times. I think they've been, you know, pretty much shot down uh, for that so far. So at this point, I think it's more of saving face. It has to do with. I think that shit you know, sailed, bro. <laughs> I think that ship sailed a while ago. <laughs> well, I think it's it's not saving face with the public. I well, think it's more of does the public you know, even understand though? I don't. I feel like the public. I don't. No. I don't think like the majority of the public really cares one way or another. As long as they can log into their Gmail and check their iPhones or their Androids, I think the public. Yeah. I think it has more to do with other companies. You're right. Right. You know, Google may have Google may have given them 
a little bit of a black eye with this initial ruling on copyright, and they want to make sure that that there's not you know that there's not blood in the water that all these other companies that if you know that Oracle says, "Hey man, if we come after you, then you better be scared because you know we we didn't even back back down when Google had us in a corner, you know that sort of a thing." It's the it's the prison mentality. <laughs> Is that what we've again, much <laughs> yeah, like this turned into a, a, a jail yard fight. Much like in the Game of Thrones, where people just oh man, life is just like that show. Is it just because I'm watching it, or are people just completely barbaric sometimes? I think that it's a little from column A, a little from column B. Okay. So now we've moved into um, the patent phase, mm. and. It's it is notably different. Um, there's still a lot of the same. Maybe uh, like Oracle seems to have uh, have this uh, habit in this trial of just like switching gears really fat, fast and trying to um, spring things on the judge and the other side. So when it comes to something as complicated as these patent arguments, it's just been really. It's been really difficult to try to keep track of who's saying what and what's true and what's not true. It's it. I would hate to be on this jury. I really would. I think it'd be kind of interesting to to be on it just to like this is this is getting into like it's like a computer science lesson almost, right? Like, didn't they have to really to get the the jurors to understand? I'm I'm looking at these. I don't know if it's the jury cards. It says your answers must be anonymous as to the compilable code for the 37 APIs. You know, has Oracle proven that Google infringed? Yes or no? And there's a box checked yes. And then a major... Yeah, and that, that's from the copyright phase. That is that is the juror's card. Oh, well, that's cool. And, yeah, like, I don't know. Just It, it would be interesting to, to just witness the spectacle I, as far as it, I, I don't know. I don't know. Well, it is. It's very interesting because this is the same judge. If I'm remembering correctly, this is the same judge that dealt with um, the IBM versus Sco um, trial. This judge knows and a thing or two, doesn't he? He does. I think he's. I think he. Well, and he knows this this counsel for Oracle because I believe this guy represented Sco in that trial. Unless I'm completely off base, I'm pretty sure that David Bowie's, if that's how you pronounce his last name, um, he he's had an interaction with this ju- judge before in that trial. So that's why I think the judge sort of sees some of these uh, some of these tricks coming, where you know, changing changing things at the la- last minute and things of that sort. Is but, this um, the judge? Is this our programming judge? It is our programming judge. I love this judge. He's. He's a he's a smart guy. I this is the kind of judge that I think I think if every judge that dealt with these types of cases emulated his behavior, we would be much better off because it really seems like he's taken the time to try to get some sort of understanding as to at least with at least with the pieces that are that are up for copyright debate. I don't I don't know so much about the patent stuff, right. but he's he's tried to uh, tried to get an idea of what these things are actually about. And at, at one point uh, during the it was during the arguments for where, where during which Oracle was arguing that they should be able to go after uh, infringers um, 
profits versus uh, just statutory. And the judge made the point that he's learned how to program during the course of this trial and that I, I think the I think the quote was that you know he probably could have written range check ten or eleven times in the amount of time he sat behind the bench, and that it that he doesn't think that he it's thinks nothing, a high schooler could write this stuff. Exactly, it's nothing special. Yeah, which is what we said. Which what we said all along. It's very basic, even though it looks complicated. In if you scheme, know if you know yeah. Java even at a rudimentary level, um, you could write this code. So it's not to it's not to say that you know infringing on somebody's code like plagiarism is is a bad thing. If you just say it, like, oh, your code was simple, so I just yeah. wrote it for you, <laughs> like maybe. But well, and if it's part in, of your in the example of this, yeah, I think that what the point the judge was trying to make is that. It, this is so simple that people could infringe just by writing the code from their own mind because it is it is written to such a standard, you know, how variables are named and what they use to throw exceptions. It's all very basic Java stuff. I like here it says, Oracle, the 9 million Java developers, and the entire Java community thank the jury for their verdict in this phase of the case. The overwhelming evidence demonstrated that Google knew it needed a license and that it is and that its unauthorized fork of Java in Android shattered Java's central right once run anywhere principle. Every major commercial enterprise except Google has a license for Java and maintains compatibility to run across all computing platforms. That okay. is, and then like that's where you just you just have to say to yourself, you can never trust lawyers. I know because right? that basically flies in the face of what that judgment was. And then Google says, "We appreciate the jury's efforts and know that fair use and infringement are two sides of the same coin." Yeah, <laughs> and court... that had nothing to do with it either. It's like what people aren't coming out and saying is that, like, ugh, I don't, I don't, I don't even know. It, it just seems. It infuriates me to the point where I don't want to write in Java anymore, and I, I don't know. Maybe I won't. I really want Google to come out with something that says, you know what? Because they've created languages in the past, right? I want them to say, you know what? We've created a new language, and that is what you can use to program on Android instead. And yeah, go the C pound route and <laughs> make something that's like right. the syntax is very close to Java. If you're worried about keeping those developers. I like they but, say the core issue is whether the APIs here are copyrightable, and that's for the court to decide. We expect to prevail on this issue and Oracle's other claims. <laughs> it's just I, like I kind they're of just like well. closing middle fingers for everybody. <laughs> Thank you. Oh man, it's no. I I I really expect I expect Google to come out on top when it comes to the API question. Because in everything that I've read that the judge has stated, it yeah. really seems like he is because he's sort of you know because he knows he dove into it. Yeah, he, exactly. He understands. Do you feel like they would have gotten a different had the judge just like completely not had any idea? I mean, it's it's almost oh yeah, it's almost your responsibility as a judge though. If you're getting into something that's over your head, you either talk to experts or do the research yourself, which this guy totally did, which is awesome. 
Yeah, I, I don't know if it would be different. Um, it, it, I, I feel like it probably would because this judge seems to, seems to take a personal interest in it. Uh, I think that – I'm trying to remember which expert it was. I think it might have been Dr. Terrence Parr said, um, said to the judge that you'd make a good computer scientist, which I thought was kind of funny. You know, maybe maybe you know, kissing his butt a little bit. No, but. that is that's you know, it takes a certain kind of mind to be able to do that, even at such basic levels. Yeah. So if we would have had just some judge that, I, I think that if we would have had any what I'll call a normal judge, that Google probably would have lost out on this, because the the feeling I get is that uh, is that judges nowadays are more likely to side with the the business or the company that's saying that they had their things stolen from them. Yeah. That, without that's, any real... Isn't that always the safest bet? <laughs> Which is kind of crappy, but... Yeah, cause, because they're... Although that I, didn't I happen... feeling that their attitude is, I'm just going to pass the buck. I'm just going to move it right. to the next person who but that can didn't happen read and understand it, computer science. That didn't happen in the Facebook case where the twins were like, uh... I guess they did get money, though, didn't they? Yeah, I think they got some money, an undisclosed amount. That's true, huh? Damn. Yeah, and now they're now they're on uh, what what are those those nut commercials like Emerald Nuts or whatever? Pistachios. I don't Pistachios, know. Pistachios, maybe. I have no idea. I thought that was just so weird. I don't have. TV Nobody either. knows who they are. Welcome I know, to your right? Fifteen, you know, minutes of fame. You should have just continued down the <laughs> the Harvard. True. You should have kept rowing down the stream, boys. Living off of your parents golden riches well now they can live on their own golden riches well that's true like dragons like dragons all right right. so you want to get into what these patents are yes i do sweet all right so there are two basic patents um that are still i believe both of them are still up for grabs though the first one patent we'll call it patent 104 i think that i've seen that that might be in jeopardy of uh of not being relevant anymore but you know, we'll see. Um, so there are two that are currently still in the game. Uh, the first one, patent 104, has to do with. I'm, I'm going to distill it down as much as I can. So, and you know, I, I, if you if hey. you're going to email me saying, "Oh, you're being inaccurate or you're not showing the full picture," I understand this. So we'll just we'll move past it. I'm just going to try to make it as simple as possible. Um, and and that's so not for pat- our for our dumb what? listeners. He's dumbing this down for my dumb sake. So oh jeez, I just wanna... no. It is it is difficult. I was you know this is what we were talking about uh, before. It might have been on uh, AOTA where even as a even as somebody who writes code and has a degree in computer science, it is really hard to follow some of these patents. Like if if I were like fresh out of um, I don't know like. Uh, like a data types class, like something like that, then maybe I would I would be a little bit more fresh on this stuff. But some of it is just really really hard to follow. So like this one, uh, it has to do with uh, references, symbolic references versus numerical references. So the 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 main idea here is that the the patent covers using symbolic references. I believe it's at runtime. Okay. And then and then using those symbolic references in the instruction stream versus the data stream. So So just let that marinate a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so 
you're patenting a way to attach symbols to these references that are going up the data stream or the instruction stream is that yeah yeah it's it's the um uh, and you're drawing I'm sure pictures on correct cave me if I'm wrong it's, walls, it's the, right? what the patent covers is specifically symbolic references in the instruction stream mm-hmm. and then the resolution of those references done dynamically okay. so I'm going to break it down into those two parts. So the symbolic references in the instruction stream. Um, Symbolic references, the easiest way to think about it, I think, is is think about like a variable. Like think back to algebra. So you could have a variable that is, you know, the variable could be X or it could be mat or, you know, whatever whatever you want to think of. That that could be a symbolic reference. It's – the idea is that with a symbolic reference – when the when the computer or the virtual machine goes to process it, it doesn't know where that it doesn't know where that is. So it has to look up that information in like some sort of reference table. Right. So uh, like if I said I'm going to go to Matt's house, so this and is Matt's almost an op- the variable. This is almost an optimization thing. Uh, to make this I, the way what they're talking about, yeah, is is a patent on optimization. Okay. It's it's using these symbolic references in that particular place, which is the instruction stream, and then doing it at runtime, like doing it dynamically. So it, as things are running, as the JVM is running, right? Um, you know, well, you how can, else would you do it? Up. How would you do it statically? You would you would let that run first, and then. Like exactly. machine, I don't, I don't understand that. Yeah, so, so that's, so that's what that, so dynamic versus static, which has been, this is another one of those things where you know, expert on Oracle side is arguing, you know, one little bit of minutia, and the expert on Google side is arguing the opposite. So, for, for the sake of our discussion, you can think of it like dynamically is during runtime, so while it's running, and static would be sort of like it would be doing it beforehand. So it would be like you if you had a whole bunch of things that you had to organize, um, you can organize it as you go. Um, you know, sort of playing it by ear, you know, having a plan but not doing it until the problem arises. Or you can uh, go through ahead of time and get all your ducks in a row gotcha. and then execute. Makes sense. Yeah, and it is faster to do it all on the fly, right? You don't want to have to troubleshoot unless you need to. Well, it it really depends on what you're talking about with with computer well, science, okay. and this is one of the this is one of the big things that I take away from this, which is in computer science, it's not always a one size fits all thing, right? So it may be really good for Java, you know, using symbolic references, using them dynamically. It may be better in Java to do it that way. With Android, maybe it's better to use numeric references versus symbolic references and then do all the work ahead of time. Um, hmm. You know, think about like performance, what performance gains you could get. You're on, a, you're on a mobile device, so you want to make things fast and you don't want to suck up a lot of battery. Right. If you can do all of your op- optimizations ahead of time and do it once unless something changes um, and then – you know, in Google's case, from the way that they were talking about, it, I believe, like, let's say something changed, uh, it would update when 
it wouldn't update on the fly like while the virtual machine's running it would update it when it stops so it's all being done you know i think for performance performance gains is the biggest thing right so so there that's that's been the big argument that you know Google's saying if you look at our instruction stream, there are no symbolic references in there. What they use are like numeric in- references. Um, and the main thing there would be so going back to Matt's house, if I said I'm going to Matt's house, I would have to look up I would have to look up Matt's house somewhere else to figure out where it is. That's a symbolic reference. But if I said I'm going to, you know, one, two, three, four, you know, Main Street that is considered a numeric reference. You're, there's no guessing. The name is the location. Ah. So Google is using numeric references and these things that are references directly to the data in a table. So they, they may look like gibberish. Like it may, I think the example they used was like, th- like four capital C's and then an at sign and then some table name. And... The argument was that may look like a symbolic reference, but in reality, it's not because it's a direct, you know, it's pointing directly to the data. To this table named whatever. Exactly. So it's, do you, are you starting to get an idea? Yeah, like, yeah. This is why it my almost seems when I read this stuff. <laughs> if, if I'm understanding, it's almost like how you're interpreting it. You can say this is symbolic. You can say it's numeric. A number is a symbol. So who cares? Well, and that's and right. that's where and you really have to look at what is the when, the, when these patents are written, they are written in the language of computer science. Right. So you have to look back and say what what is the accepted use for this language, and and then after that, you have to look at other things like the comment code. You have to look at the code itself. How is it actually behaving? All of these things determine. I think are what you use to determine. Uh, the intent of the patent right and then you bring in dr terrence parr to testify (laughs) that's right good old dr parr that's awesome he's actually i think my favorite of all of these witnesses um i thought that he was really his his testimony was really clear and he made things really easy to understand which it's it's a big deal and i think that's why like every expert witness if i remember right that has gone over code has been somebody who's uh like a professor like an academic of some sort always helpful yeah so that's patent 104 unless you want to talk about any anything else with it no i think that pretty much sums it up we all understand what it means and what it's doing that's right so what's all right so closing the books 104 the next one 520 520 all right Sue, sorry, I lost my place here. There we go. So, patent five twenty. Um, this is to to you know distill this one down. You can think about it as the simulated execution to initialize arrays patent. So, so uh, I don't simulated, know. Matt, do you know what an array is? Have you ever heard of this? Like matrix arrays? Is that what we're talking? Yeah. About? Okay. Yeah, yeah. For sure. I know. I know. So, I know a so little bit. for. Go ahead. I know, I was just say I know a little bit enough to follow this blindly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the way I the way I I would think about it. Like for most folks, if you're used to using Excel, you can think of an array as sort of like an Excel Excel spreadsheet. Right. 
you know, if you think of each cell as being, you know, one location in the array, so you have location one, you know, I guess it'd be location zero, zero would be the first one in the corner and then zero one is the one to the right of it and so on and so forth. But an array can be like three dimensional. It can be, I mean, it can be anything really, as long as. Absolutely. The, the example though, that, that I believe was used in the patent and that most people, most of the um, expert testimony was using is just a, uh, would that be a one dimensional array? It would be. I I don't know. Basically, I this is this is where the fact that I've been out of out of school for a while is really you know biting me uh, in the ass. Um, Tell me about <laughs> stack manipulation in the Java that's virtual right. machine. Yeah. So so stack manipulation. That's where uh, a lot of this argument for this one is coming in. Is that this particular so this particular patent only has to do with initializing arrays. Which means you create an array and you say, I have an array and it is named X. And inside of X, you know, X is four spot, you know, it's four items big and, you know, these are the items one, two, three, and four. So would you assign your array a symbolic reference or? Is... You, uh, I mean, you, I think yes. I don't you, want to mix most, our... In, if you used it in programming, you would. Okay. You would give it a variable. I don't want right? to mix our 520 with our 104 That's here, right. you know. Don't get your peanut butter in my Put, put it away over here at Matt's house on the array <laughs> matrix. Exactly. We're over at Matt's house initializing arrays. <laughs> right, on the Java virtual machine. It's cool. So so the way that um and the 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 big the big problem here is that um Google is interpreting the patent as meaning the initialization of an array using uh stacks. Um, and Oracle is saying that it that simulated execution has a much broader definition. So a a stack, a stack is. I'm trying to think of the best way to put it. Like I, I think of think of like a Pringles can. I guess maybe it's like um, your well here the 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 best way I can think like your network stack. If you've ever had to do tech support and you have to be like, all right, now I want you to uninstall and reinstall your TCP IP. I'm going to need your client for Microsoft Network and, you know, that other BS. Like, that whole thing together is your network stack. And without it, your network stack can't communicate to any other layers of your operating system, right? It's like a... And that, and that is stacking for... That, that's stacking sort of like from a, like a, a systems yeah. perspective. Right. This type of stack is actually a data container. Is is a really easy way to think about it. Okay. So the example that Dr. Parr used was, let's say that you had the operation which is like one plus two. Um, what you would do is you would you would take the one and you would throw it on the stack. So let's say, so that's at the bottom of the stack, and then you take the plus sign and you throw it on the stack, and then you would take the two and you throw it on the stack. So that's called pushing. That's pushing to the stack, and then when you pop the stack. That's where you process all the stuff that you've pushed, uh, all the stuff that's on the stack currently. So if you were to pop that stack, it would it would spit out one plus two, and then you would get the answer of three. Right. Well, in this case, like Google is saying, well, that's what Java uses. Java, I think, when it does these when it does these initialization of arrays, it uses a stack uh, stack manipulation, a stack machine in the JVM. So, and then all in addition to that, 
the patent has examples in it, which only I believe only show stack manipulation as an example of you know what this patent is trying to trying to describe. So is this what we heard that they were missing certain certain parts of their patents, like it wasn't filled out or something, like they didn't have the what was it the proof or the concept or something written down right? That had to do with or is that I think different? that was copyright. Oh, okay. And I think that had to do with so these where they were all they didn't have proof that they owned all the pieces and parts or they didn't uh, say okay. that it was that that all of Java was considered to be a collection of a whole or something of that lines. Oh, okay. So this is something different that they're Yeah, this is this is something different. And and when 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 Google got Dr. Parr on the on the stand what he testified was that when when Android, when I think it's Dalvik, the Dalvik virtual machine that'd be doing this, when it does simulated execution, when it gets to something that has to do with like initializing arrays, it doesn't use stacks and simulated execution. It's actually using pattern matching, which is a different way that you can initialize. So rather than using a stack, you just look for a particular pattern and you keep on repeating this process over and over again until the pattern doesn't match anymore. So the problem is we don't have quantum computers that can just do everything <laughs> at once and then we can just be done with this. I think we the problem is that we don't have artificial intelligence that's smart enough to tell us when we're being stupid. To just do this for us here. Yes, we need we need AI judge. We need data sitting on the oh, uh, could you imagine sitting on the stand. The judges from that old Transformer cartoon where it's all the faces and they're like guilty or innocent, <laughs> and they're always like guilty. That was great. Exactly. Somebody can just sit there and says. Not simulated execution. No. And then we just all go home. Fail. Go home. <laughs> I quit the internet today. So so that's that's the that's the overarching idea here is that Dr. Parr ran these tests that were meant to prove it, where basically he had he he showed a pattern. He simulated a pattern in regards to uh this array initialization. And he showed in his in the log files and in the output that the moment he broke the pattern, the uh, like all the processing stopped. Right. And if it would have been their way, it would have continued. Exactly. It it would have it would have just moved on because when you're when you're using stack manipulation for this, it's not relying on a particular pattern. It's not checking that sort of a thing. It's just pushing and popping, pushing and popping. So. From from what we've discussed so far in these last almost an hour, it seems like they don't really have a case in this side. If Google's doing things differently, then isn't that enough to get ar- to to get around that? Or is well, that's still... the question. Um, we haven't seen uh, the the jury's been deliberating for like two or three days uh, at this point, and that's up and... to right now, May nineteenth here Saturday that that's where we're at is deliberation and we've already dropped two jurors since then um the one juror couldn't get her like her car broke down on the bridge and the judge basically said it's up to you guys but i don't think i need to send the u.s marshal to go get her so they just (laughs) dismissed her and then another one fell sick and they just dismissed that person as well uh, but uh, unfortunately i it sounds like that 
that one of those two people was not the person or the people who were holding up a, a unanimous decision. So they're still in deliberation at this point. Right. One thing that's interesting, though, is that on, I believe it was Friday, the the jury had some questions that they passed back. And among those questions, uh, it had to do with, um, well, the first one was like, why do we have to be unanimous? Uh, the second one had to do with Dr. Parr's testimony, where they were basically asking, does his testimony, the fact that he ran these tests, does that prove, is that evidence that Google's, you know, Google's method of of initializing arrays is different? Um, I like they that also the asked jurors for, are, uh, I like that they're getting lippy. They're like, does it have to be, ah, uh, do we have to be? And the judge is like, it's the law. It has to be unanimous. Congress said so. I forget what his so. reasoning was. Oh, but do we have, because Congress said so. Shut up and make a choice. There's there's something I'm trying to pull it up real quick. There's something that um has to do with uh whether like, the judge that? added that he had been privileged to preside over more than a hundred trials, with the vast majority of them being jury trials. And he said that only in a couple of instances did he have juries that could not come to unanimous decisions. <laughs> uh. Oh man. Oh, I can't find it. I wanted to, there, the judge had a, a pretty funny answer as to um, whether they had to be unanimous or not. But I, basically, it was just like, yeah, you need to you need to be unanimous because they don't want a hung jury. They don't want to do all this over again. Uh, um, and but, because Congress said so, so shut up and do <laughs> do your duty. You what a strong argument! Because right. <laughs> Congress said because Congress to. said so. Um. So they and they've also asked. They also asked for the testimonies to be read back by the um, by the by the court uh, recorder or whatever you would call that person. They just like. Um, I think it's court record the reporter. Stenographer. Stenographer. Yes, the stenographer. Look at you. I know, right? Twenty dollar word. Midnight. So just doing it to it. So I think that's I. Can, that's the only question they had. Was... So maybe that's what's holding us up is that nobody is clear on whether. Dr. Parr's testimony clearly puts, you know, puts the argument in one camp versus the other. I like to think that the stenographer has like a voice that you can change like your GPS nav and they turned on the <laughs> sultry voice and just sat back and let her like do her thing. Really? See, yeah. I would I wouldn't go there. Or I would like rather the Klingon. have um, like the Yoda voice or the the Cartman Is it that Tom voice. Tom did a while ago. Yeah. Yes. That'd be awesome. Yes, the Klinert method stands for class and initiation. <laughs> like that would be awesome. Mm. <laughs> so great. And then, oh my God, up. we are so off the rails. All I right. apologize. So that I mean, that's that's basically that's the overview of the uh, of the patent stuff. Does this mean we we may have a part three to our special? Oh, def- our, we will definitely have a part three of our ongoing um, just based coverage. on pat- the uh, the what do you call it? the damages phase. So tell me a little bit about that. This is the part where it's all about the money, right? Yes. This is where Google says, Oracle, how much money do you need from <laughs> us to save your company? Yeah. This is I think this is literally where uh where they call up somebody's like admin and say, uh yeah, we need some money out of petty cash. Can you uh can you grab some money out of Will your you desk? Send so the marshal write... there. <laughs> That's it's like good... this is this is uh God, this is somebody's lunch money, basically, I think is what it's going to come down to. 
<laughs> so what Oracle stated, uh, allegedly stated, because I, I don't think I've seen anything that um, – that you know, solid, you know, solidly says one way or the other. Um, they stated prior to the trial that they would only be seeking statutory damages um, because what they what Google has been found to infringe on so far is so minuscule. Um, the max I believe that they can get with statutory is one hundred fifty thousand. So because of that, David Boys, Boys. Yeah, whatever. David He's, Bowie? That's David what Bo- I keep That's hearing. his name now. His name is David Bowie. David Bowie. Thank so you. So David Bowie <laughs> told the judge that they were that they were considering um that they wanted to go for infringer's damages. Of course. Which which that would basic what that would basically mean is that you know the the damages would scale based on how much, you know, it was determined that Google used their, you know, their intellectual property to benefit. And the the other thing would be that it requires a different burden of proof. From from what I keep reading about this, again, not a lawyer, uh, is that Google would there would be a, a huge burden of proof on Google to prove that they did not use or like they don't have Oracle doesn't have to prove so much that, that Google they did. did use it. Google has to prove that they did not. Huh? How? What? So, what changes the burden of proof in from from that? I don't. I don't understand why that all of a sudden is it just the way it works? It has to do. I think it's just the way that it works with infringers' damages. So having been found to Google having been found to be infringing or to have infringed in the past, ah. that's where it comes into what comes into play is okay. Well, with infringers' damages. They've already been found that they infringed, so now they have to prove that the stuff that they infringed on, you know, they have to prove that they did not benefit from it, or else they ha- We have to assume that they did. But aren't isn't the the whole them having had already changed everything? Doesn't that show that it's not like that? That seems kind of counterintuitive. Uh well, it's it has to do with. Or not you... it doesn't all have to do with what's happening now. It has to do with what I think what was the what was the benefit to Google at the time as well as the present. Oh. So Oracle's argument, which I think is weak, completely weak, is that um is saying that I'll I'll use range check, even though range check is not the only thing that's being that's that's you know that's important here. They're saying that with Google's uh intense pressure to get something to market that range check was a huge benefit uh to them and therefore you know would you know that number that dollar value for how much it was benefiting them would be high and so that would have to do with pre-launch of android and as well as you know did it give you any uh speed optimizations you know it but it's a could, whole mess. They could just and the judge e- basically shot them down on it. Yeah, that's good then, because they could just as easily show that if they would have just left it their way, like that, it wasn't going anywhere until they started doing these better improvements, and it had nothing to do with the existing, you know, infringement. Well, let's let's think about range check. I I think that there's so just saying, oh, it's nine lines of code. It's not important. Is not is not a very good argument 
because you could you could have one line of line of code that does you know does like one particular function and if you take out that one line of code everything could break so just talking about lines of code does not necessarily I have one it's line not necessarily a one to one relationship to you face. know how much it benefits the system as a whole yeah one line of code your face on the floor that's melted <laughs> security but, killer <laughs> you know what with range check it's so basic the judges demonstrated even it's so basic as to what it what it does that you know let's say that google let's say that you know assume that google knew up front that oh you know this is range check and we we need this and blah 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 we need to be able to tell if something's outside of the range of of a of a set or something like that or of an array they could have just rewritten it and it would have taken somebody 10 minutes if that so what's the real benefit there it's is it the time saved that you know that they copy and pasted versus just writing it themselves or is it I, you know who knows maybe they just didn't foresee this happening because at the time it was implemented they were on good terms with sun i I don't that... know. I w- this is this is where it's really difficult because I am of the I'm of the firm belief that that if you put a hundred Java programmers in a room and told them to write range check or something that does range check, I think that you would you would have probably ten people that would write it word for word exactly the way it is. Is right this now. the monkeys in a room coming up with Shakespeare argument? <laughs> sort of except it's i i don't know it, it's like you know 100 monkeys in a room and pounding on a keyboard and how many of them get asdf in you know in the right order range check <laughs> in other it's, news so mark, it's one of those i, mark, I don't mark know, zuckerberg but, got married today that's pretty sweet who did mark zuckerberg right after that right after making a whole bunch of real money that's interesting right uh-huh. He's been with that girl for a long time, though. I know, huh? Since, like, uh. high school. <laughs> so so there you go. So that's... um. I just wanted to throw that out there. I just th- saw that. That's cool. Breaking news. All right. Well, anything else you want to cover about this, or does that about sum it up? The only thing I will say is that the, it, it has to relate to the money. Is that you know Oracle asked to be able to do these infringers damages and and basically got shut down, but they made an agreement between themselves and Google and the judge that when the judge rules on whether these APIs and SSO are subject to copyright, uh, if the judge rules that they are, then Oracle will I believe they will forfeit statutory damages and they will go for infringers damages. If if it's decided that they are not able to to be subject to copyright, then they will just go for statutory damages, which in this case I think would mean, you know, once you think about legal costs, I think that would mean that they basically Oracle lost money on this this entire thing. Who's so gonna lose their job over over if it goes that way? That is gonna be so funny though. It's gonna be justice well, served. This is a team. This is a team of lawyers. I don't even think 150,000 covers David Bowie's uh paycheck. <laughs> David Bowie. <laughs> oh, Major Tom. Oh no. Yeah, oh, no, I God. agree. There's no way. So that's what I'm saying. Like they're raging if this goes 
bad, which it's going. Yeah. Like, you can't be evil. Come on. Listen to Google. Don't be evil. Yeah, but have you seen um, Larry Ellison? Not, he looks like a pirate. Kind of, huh? And we know that pirates are evil. Uh, in, Yeah, intrinsically, pirates are evil. That's right. That's what the MPAA told me. No, you I get all my You wouldn't download a pirate. No, I never. I would go out on a special cruise that takes you out to the the uh, ocean there where the pirates are. <laughs> where it's just maritime laws. And gives you money, and then you just shoot pirates. Like, they pretend like they're they're a ship that needs help, and the pirates come in, and then they just unload with the 50 cal. Like, <laughs> anyway. Oh, is this? Yeah. Did you worry right. about that? I hear there's uh, some of your friends doing that. I, I thought that that was, wasn't that off of the coast of Africa a few I months ago so. or something? Dream job for the Jeez. MPAA, just killing pirates all day. I, what? I hadn't heard this, so this will be interesting. Yeah. We'll we'll cover that outside of the Oracle versus Google special. How's sure, that? that sounds good. Sounds right, really man. good. All right, Eric, good stuff. Uh, if you guys want email, show at attackoftheandroids.com. Check out our site over at attackoftheandroids.com. Watch shows live and interact with the social media because that's where we're at. We live online. Huh? Because real life sucks, huh, Eric? So we live that's online. Right. That's right. I-R-L-F-T-L. That's what I say. <laughs> that's what I say. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll catch you next week. <whistles> Bye-bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Attack of the Androids. Attack of the Androids.com.